Mine's good. Come on, Brent. Life's good. Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, you made it. I made it. I did it. I somehow did it. Uh, yes, I, uh, I am not in the nation's capital as I normally am. I am currently in Queens, New York, Scott. You, uh, I thought you were podcasting from an undisclosed location, but, uh, yeah, Queens, there you go. An undisclosed, undisclosed location in Queens, yeah. Uh, so I am, uh, I am off down here in the United States for the weekend, but Scott, that doesn't mean we can't talk a little Canadian women's. National champion curling action. Yeah, yeah, Sean. So, you know, today, uh, final day of the championship pool, we had the playoff teams were decided uh, in the Mm -hmm. first session this afternoon, which I believe I called last night. Uh, Well, you were frustrated by it last night. That that seemed to bother you. Well, yeah. Well, lucky for me tonight, I I thought, oh, I can have a nap at least and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, if I miss the first few ends, no big deal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I was but able... I would, say this. I would just say this, because I, I didn't say it last night, and I was reminded of it. At the Roar of the Rings a few years ago uh, in Ottawa, that the Friday night, the only thing that was on the line, so the last round-robin draw, the only thing that was on the line was Holman and Jones were playing each other. The winner would get last rock in the 2-3 game, so in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing that was on the line there. So this does happen occasionally. Yes, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. I mean, Chelsea Carey sort of really dropped the ball today uh, and yesterday, for that matter, in terms of making today a little more interesting. I think she is the team that certainly I had my eye on and based on her previous performance, her pedigree. I think that was a little surprising. So you're looking at where the draw or, or where the sort of the, the separation action happened there. I, I would focus mostly on the disappointing last couple of days of Chelsea Carey. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there, Sean. Uh, pretty uninspiring game this morning, uh, losing 9-2 to two to uh, British Columbia and Corinne Brown. Uh, it seemed like at the end they were just going for it. You know, They had to make up a lot of ground and uh, miss the shots uh, when they counted. Yeah, and uh, so, but credit to Corinne Brown and her team for being able to come out, play well after that three-game day yesterday. Uh, of course, on the other side of that uh, was Carrie, or not Carrie Anderson, excuse me, was Brian um, Silvernagel in her game. Came out uh, just, we, we said it last night, they looked tired, they looked flat. It seemed that way this afternoon as well. And that was a team that needed to win in order to keep things competitive in the evening in terms of playoff spots. And uh, they just didn't have it this afternoon. No, no. I think that uh, three-game day really took a toll, as you mentioned. Uh, they do bounce back tonight and, and beat British Columbia in the 10th end to cap off their week at 6-5. and five. And I know that Silvernagel was, was pretty happy to get that final win. Uh, she seemed chipper in the post-game scrum. But, yep. Sean, uh, all that uh, didn't really matter. Didn't really matter. We had uh, the feature game. Manitoba against Rachel Homan. Manitoba, again, I think it's 
the third time in a row with Hammer, they score three in the first end. And I, w- I watched basically this whole game. I got there at the end of the first end, but I did see this three. Rachel Holman's team played so well tonight. I, Emma Miskew's numbers were a bit down. She had one rock that was called a hogline violation. Uh, they later, the end after, checked the rock, and there, it was a faulty handle. So I don't even know if, if it was oh, a hogline violation. Uh, and, but they, they were missing, like, the shots that they would miss would be an inch heavy and would bounce a little bit off. And Anderson took advantage of every little mistake they made. Uh, gets a three in the first, gets a three in the third after giving back the deuce. It sort of came out of nowhere. And, right. Uh, Rachel just like missed getting a, one of the stones out on her last and it, it left a chance for three. It was a, it was a tough shot for three, but she made it. And pretty much from there on, I, I got the feeling that Holman was, was a little bit like, Oh, come on. Really? (laughs) So, you know, they, they still play well. I'm looking at the box score. I I believe Rachel shot over 90%. Yeah. 93% Weagle 98 Courtney 94 and Emma at 85. Uh, part of that is that zero point shot. And like, and they lost convincingly nine to six. Good, crazy. Yeah, that, that's scary when uh, when that happens and, and they're playing that well. And certainly credit to Carrie Anderson and her team bouncing back after this afternoon uh, where talking about scoreboard management, they did not have that this afternoon <laughs> against Jennifer Jones. Uh, I think Jennifer Jones heard you say, Scott, that uh, she's owned by Carrie Anderson lately. Mm-hmm. I can't and, and prove the op or not prove the opposite, at least maybe – started perhaps to uh, change that trend we're really good for Kerry Anderson and that team to come back we saw that after the New Brunswick game too where they give up the seven and lose mm-hmm. that game but it didn't stop their momentum it didn't seem to to take anything out of their confidence they continue to play well and that's a really good sign for them tonight to come out against the team that had really been the class of the field with a really solid performance tonight, get that win, put themselves into the 1-2 game. So the, the, I think that's a really good sign for them. And I, I know Rachel Holman was in the 3-4 the game last year. We'll talk about that. But this might be the best she's ever played to not be in the 1-2 game. Yeah, like, yeah, 100%. She's so good all week. So good. And like you say, they've been the class of the field. She's the top shooting skip. Emma's the top shooting third all week. Uh, yeah, I just, I really don't understand this. Why, team wildcard, like you say, they come out and get a four, give back a two, get a four. You're like, what? How did, yeah. how does this happen? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe she was playing with a bit of a, you know, Manitoba final grudge match kind of thing. But, uh, it's, it's a story the story of that team is how Jennifer Jones goes goes the team. Like yeah. Like she shot 80 84 in that game this morning or this afternoon and 65 tonight. And that's right. the difference, right? Like Yeah. It's it's uh yeah, I I think that's all that's going to matter tomorrow night in the 1-2 game is how does Jennifer Jones play? Yeah, and I think, too, it's it's a case with that team where 
with any other team in the field, I think, with maybe the exception of Kristen McCarvel, I think winning the one-two game is really important for Jennifer Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you just get the sense out of her that you know one game a day is is where she can be at her max or really be at her best. And going into Sunday, if she has to play in that semifinal and then if she wins into that final, I don't like her chances as much as Carrie Anderson is do, of, of doing that or Rachel Holman of doing that or, or even Kristen McCarvel of doing that. I would put her forward of these teams overall and, and sort of who I would be handicapping to win. But certainly Holman Anderson playing the two on Sunday I would have a little more confidence in those two teams in the final than I would in Jennifer Jones. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, with you, Sean. The problem is that if Jennifer Jones can harness it in the semifinal, then maybe maybe she doesn't have it for the night game and we get kind of a boring final, which yeah. which I'm not hoping for. No, we definitely want a, a good one. We've had good ones the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, so certainly the, another one. Yeah, so all three of these teams, Ontario, Manitoba, and Wildcard, Sean, they finished 9-2. and two, And yes. uh, I was looking at, oh, okay, who beat who? Well, they all beat each other. And then I went yep. to the Curling Canada website and I said, hey, uh, I wonder what the last stone draw stuff is. Yep. Uh, not there, Sean. The The last stone draw is not on Curling Canada's scoreboard website. Oh, well, that is a deficiency of Curling Canada. Pretty strange, right? So I uh, tweeted at them and they got back to me. So I asked for the numbers, the average distances, just to see how close all these yep. things were. Uh, but they didn't have that, but they did give me the order. So of the eight teams in the championship pool, uh, Saskatchewan was number one, uh, maybe a bit surprisingly, and then Manitoba, and then Wildcard, and then Canada, PEI, and then Ontario. Ontario third from the last, I guess fifth is pretty good, uh, in, in the last stone draw. So because of those numbers, how this shakes out, that's why Ontario drops down to number three behind Manitoba and Wildcard because of the last stone draw results. Yeah, well, I, I you know, that's going to happen. I, I think that's better than, I mean, you're not going to play a tie break to, to see who gets in the 1-2 game. No, 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 no. I, no. I do like that, or I mean, it's better to, it, it's certainly better than like having draw shot challenge determine who makes the playoffs and who doesn't if there's a tie, right? I definitely want a tiebreaker mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. In this type of situation, that's really the only thing you have. I mean, I, I, I don't think doing points for or against is fair in any way because, you know, different teams, different days. Like, I, I don't like that. Uh, so, and certainly with the pool play, you played different teams in that first round. Mm-hmm. So that, not crazy about. And just each game plays out so differently. I wouldn't be a fan of that. So, so I don't see another way to break that tie. No, likely, likely not. I I would like to see the numbers published somewhere. Uh, I was told yeah, that they <laughs> are available on request on the media bench, and I remember from past years you having access to those on the media bench as well. So anybody yeah, that's out there listening, that, 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 I mean the sheet the sheet the sheet that they provide to, on the media bench is quite good, but that should be included in the reports online uh, that that are available for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see if we can uh, push for that. But if anybody listening was on the media bench looking at Twine Time, uh, let us know if you have the uh, the distances there. 
yeah, the specific numbers that would be uh, that'd be good to have because of course it's not just the skips who are throwing those shots. So it, it would be interesting not to like throw anybody under the bus or at all, but to <laughs> see like the specific distances for the various players, right? Um, and and I, they change up the turn to sometimes it's the uh, clockwise rotation, other times it's the counterclockwise. They can't say in turn or out turn with all the lefties, yeah. but they they denote which rotation has to be on the stone and each player has to throw a certain number over the course of the week with Mm -hmm. 11 i believe each player has to throw at least two so it would be interesting to see what those numbers were yeah yeah for sure for sure uh all right so stepping away from those top three teams you mentioned northern ontario the fourth team in there had a pretty good day today i'd say pretty convincingly beat prince edward island this morning uh, they were up 6-3 in the last end, gave up a deuce. They were just trying to not give up three, and I I don't think they played it very well. But right. luck, luckily for them, three is hard to get. So, uh, you know, they were able to sort of get away with that and then really put a beat down on uh, Jennifer Jones and Team Wildcard there tonight. They gave up a three in the sixth end, and that made the score 7-5. to five for Northern Ontario. So they were up 7-2, and then Wildcard gives them the three right back. Uh, Jennifer Jones was light, I believe, on a hit, or light on a draw, and was gave them the chance for three. And then it was pretty pretty much playing out the string from there. Uh, do you like Northern Ontario's chances going into this 3-4 game against Rachel Homan, given that they had a pretty good day today? Uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I'd like it way more against either of the teams in the one-two game, to be honest. I agree. Uh, for for Crystal, you know, I mean, Rachel Holman's just been so good all week. But they're they they have more than a puncher's chance in this game. I think Scott, they've been really good all week. Kristen McCarvel is, I don't know if this is a, the the greatest word to describe her, but she's steely mm-hmm. out there. You know, she she's very calm. She's under control. She she really has a lot of confidence. I think the team has a lot of confidence in her too, which really helps. And that comes across when you watch them, just how much when she's saying something or, or making the call that there's not a lot of back and forth. They just really default and and go with what she's saying. So really good team dynamic in that respect. So I, I think this will be a really close game. They've played close games all week, which is a good sign. That they can keep it close with Northern with uh, Rachel Holman. One of the games that wasn't so close was against Rachel Holman, though. So I, I would certainly put Rachel Holman as the favorite in this matchup. But Chris McCarvel, you know, I'm not going to fall on the floor in shock if Chris McCarvel wins. No, no, for sure. I think the number that really stands out to me from the stats, Sean uh, Cheryl Bernard has been talking about this is the uh, the hammer efficiency stat. So this right. is the percentage of time that you have the hammer and you get multiple points. Uh, Rachel Homan is at 63% for the event, Pretty which good. is crazy high. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Next closest team is Wildcard at 44. Manitoba's <laughs> next at 42. Yeah. And Northern Ontario, Sean, is third from the bottom of the entire field, ahead yeah. only of Yukon and Newfoundland Labrador at 20%. The, the reason they're doing so well is because they've stolen quite a bit. 
looking at them uh, stealing games. Yeah. So they've so they've stolen in 13 ends. Uh, so for a clip of 29% of the time, they'll steal, which wow. is really really high. That's really high. Yeah. 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 So they've been holding their opponents to singles and stealing, and that's sort of the way that they've been winning their games, which unfortunately isn't very sustainable when you run up against uh, Team Holman, who's converting at a 60-plus percent clip. Well, not just that. For Rachel Holman converting with the hammer, but also being very defensive, too. And mm-hmm. I mean, one of the reasons they score as many deuces as they do is that you throw up a center guard, and Lisa Weagle is so good at turning that into two corner guards. So for Kristen McCarvel, who has relied on those stolen points all week, it's so hard to steal against Rachel Holman because Lisa Weagle is so good at that. I mean, a lot of players are, a lot of leads are good at it now, but Lisa Weagle is the originator of the shot and the best in the world at it. So for Kristen McCarville, that is going to be tough, and she is going to have to be a little more efficient with that hammer to keep up with Rachel Holman. Whereas, as you said, with the, the percentages of the other teams, not nearly as high. That's why I would have liked their chances against them. It's a better matchup mm-hmm. they play. So it, it's going to take a, a special effort for Kristen McCarville and that team uh, to to get those deuces when they have their opportunities because they're not going to be in a position to steal as much as they have been all week. No, Sean, to your point, uh, stolen ends against Team Homan this week, three. Three total <laughs> ends have been stolen. That's an 8% yeah. uh, 8% clip. So, yeah, they're doing what they have to do. You know, They're converting with the hammer, and they're not allowing steals. Uh they're they're firing on all cylinders, and I I expect them to still win this entire event. Yeah, I agree. I, I, there, I've seen nothing so far this week that would make me change my original pick. We both picked Team Ontario to win the event at the start of the week. There's nothing I've seen that uh, that would change that. Uh, but if we shift over to the one-two game real quick, mm-hmm. Perry Anderson has had the the advantage against Jennifer Jones over the past two years or so, but not today. As we talked about, big win for Jennifer Jones. This will be an interesting game. See how Carrie Anderson and her team responds after that. Similarly, if Jennifer Jones can get things under control, I think, uh, for her. I, th- I think for Jennifer Jones, getting the lead early in this game is going to be important and ensuring that she has that draw weight and especially with that outturn, which has really given her fits all week. And if she has that, really good position and again i i know it's not an elimination game for either team but i do get the sense as i said earlier that jennifer jones needs to win this if she wants to have a chance to win the event yeah i'm right there with you i think uh jennifer jones has been like i said at the beginning it's it's how she plays right yeah Uh, if we see her coming out and making little mistakes in the first couple ends and they get behind then I think it, I think it's over, and I think Rachel Holman should she beat Krista McCarvel, which I'm expecting. I think she'll have no problem dusting Jennifer Jones and Team Wildcard. Okay, all right, very uh, very firm on that one there, Scotty. Yeah, I'm assertive. I I know how to make uh, make my picks. 
Yeah, so, so definitely looking forward to the playoffs in that regard. Uh, the four teams that we lose today, I think pretty good weeks for all of them. I, I don't think any of those four teams, with the exception of Chelsea Carey, are going to be particularly disappointed with how they played. Certainly, Suzanne Bird had a great run. Suzanne Bird will probably look at the game against, uh, was it uh, Jennifer Jones, where she put it through yeah. on a draw that early in the week she had a chance to win that game, the game against Saskatchewan yesterday, where mm-hmm. she had a double that she stuffed, and a, a couple shots here and there for Suzanne Burt, but it's so hard for those teams that don't play on tour to come and be competitive, so all credit to them. Great week. Team Saskatchewan, a lot of pressure as the home team in Saskatchewan, you know, I, I think overall pretty good effort for that team in this field is, you know, they're not a favorite. So. No. And you know, Sean, I saw Robin Silvernagel this afternoon was playing one of those runbacks that we talked about at the beginning of the week where I said, she's playing too many of these because uh, she's putting her team really behind the eight ball. And there was a stat that said on runbacks, she was 51% on the week. And I think, that's that. Yeah, she yeah she needs to make Sums those at a higher rate for them to be successful for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, BC first go around for Corinne Brown to make that championship pool through the tie break, and then to come out today and, and play well. I think all credit to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we'll see them back again, and you know if if we see similar to the men in Saskatchewan with Dunstone Myers, and I would sign up for that to be a final for the next 10 years. I'll sign up to watch Corinne Brown play Sarah War in the final of the BC Scotties for the next 10 years. Uh, I'm good mm-hmm. with that. Played a great game, two good teams. So certainly would expect them back. Chelsea Carey, I talked you into her playing well when she was playing well, and then after that, I sort of jinxed her. And yeah. That was the end of Team Canada. That was it, and it was that that uh, eye test, you know, that they weren't passing at the beginning of the week that proved me right in the end, even though I flip flopped. Indeed. So overall, you know, I think I think we have the four playoff teams. I, I don't have our picks in front of us, Scott, but four playoff teams that at the start of the week. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. No, I think I might have picked Laura Walker instead of Jennifer Jones, but I definitely had Holman, Anderson, and McCarville in the playoffs. Yes, and I did pick the wild card team, whoever it would have been. Uh, so that's right. I did get that benefit of two teams, but uh, but yeah. So certainly looking forward to the playoffs, all the action tomorrow. Which game is first, Scott? The three-four game is first. The uh, Ontario Northern Ontario matchup followed then by the one two at 7 p.m. Eastern time or 7:30. Okay. I don't know. Whatever time. I, I would assume it's 7:30. That's when they've been doing it. Uh, doing it all I, week. I think so. it's seven because it's a curling day in Canada, and oh, yeah. uh, they'll have the first game at two Eastern, followed by a two-hour special about how much we love curling. And then the by Moodrick. That's right. The Mooj will be there. Yeah, love the Mooj. Something to do because he hasn't anything. To, he didn't do anything today. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure he's, you know, deserves a day off every now and then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, well, enjoy it, Scotty. Enjoy Curly Day in Canada out there, everybody. 
Uh, certainly looking forward to the playoffs here for the 2020 Scotties. Uh, you're going to be flying solo tomorrow night, though, Scott. That's what I hear. Yeah. So uh, I might post a little bit later. Uh, I, 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 you know, I got stuff I got to do. Okay, <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching curling every night for this week. But uh, the one-two game, it, it, I don't think it requires as immediate a reaction as the three-four. So uh, when I do update the podcast feed, it might be more overnight than, uh, you know, putting BC to bed time. All right, that's uh, that's fair, and uh, I will email in my thoughts if I have any pressing concerns. Great, great. Love yeah. to get the reader mail. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so that'll be it. Scott's on his own tomorrow night. I will be back Sunday night, hopefully. And I've been, I'm being invaded here, so i got to end the show. Got to go. Yeah, so, uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for following along all week. It's been a lot of fun for us, if, if perhaps a little tiring, but certainly a lot of fun, and we've had good games to talk about. So follow along for the rest of the week. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is you get your shows, just the likes, follows, all that kind of stuff. Follow along. I'm sure Scott will be tweeting up a storm tomorrow during those playoff games at Game of Stones Pod and Instagram as well. Scott's on those things at Scott Lakes TV. I'm at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And as always, you can email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So, Scott, enjoy tomorrow. Thanks, bud. Uh, don't get into too much trouble. I'll try my best. But, uh, you know, no guarantees. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to every- I'll talk to everybody again on Sunday night. Scott will talk to you tomorrow night. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.